Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Let's take a quick break. You know what's one of my favorite things to do post-dancing rehearsal? Not going to lie, it's putting on some sweatpants immediately and having a drink. You all know I love a glass of wine or two, but I also like to switch it up. So lately, Jason and I have been making a little cocktail at night using Rum Haven. Rum Haven believes Mother Nature did things right, so it's crafted using real coconut water and not using artificial preservatives or flavorings. It is so incredibly refreshing. I mentioned I like to add it to a cocktail, but it's also actually great over ice with a splash of club soda. It tastes like I'm on vacation, sitting on an island somewhere far, far away which is without a doubt a great feeling, especially during these crazy times. So make sure to follow at Rum Haven on Instagram because they post all types of these seasonal recipes. They do giveaways and tips. Plus, when you go to discover.rumhaven.com, you can find their latest blogs, quizzes, and any promotions they have going on. On one of their latest blog posts, they actually have some tips about planning your virtual watch party, which is pretty perfect since everyone's favorite reality show is back on Tuesdays. Be sure to have a little virtual drink with me, sip some rum haven, maybe even while you're listening to the pod. Let me know what you think. Hey, everybody over at Collider. It's the Collider fans. That's what you are. So what are you doing right now? You're listening, obviously. Otherwise, you wouldn't hear my stupid voice. And it's Christian Harloff. Thanks for listening to the Collider Podcast Network. Have you guys gone over and subscribed to the Collider Factory Podcast feed? Well, you should. Every week, you'll get great podcasts from the Collider team. Listen to all these shows. You got the WWE recap show. It's Collider Body Slam. That's everything in the world of wrestling. They even go outside and, and just talk about everything, whether it's NXT or stuff happened in Japan. It's, it's, it's a fantastic show. You got film discourse with our senior film editor, Matt Goldberg, on the Collider.com podcast, and plus audio versions of the movie trivia, Schmodown, and in depth match analysis with the Schmodown rundown. Plus, we'll be debuting new programs throughout the year. In in this factory, ones that you guys are going to determine, do they get their own feeds? Do they become new hit shows? It's up to you, but in order to do that, you've got to join that farm system over there at the Collider Factory. Subscribe today to Collider Factory at Podcast One and Apple Podcast. In an era of online retail where everything is just a few clicks away, buying a car should be no different. That's why at Carvana, you can buy a car 100% online. We made it easy to browse, view, and buy from over 10,000 cars. You can even trade in your old car, all while binge-watching your favorite TV show. Afterwards, we'll deliver your car to you. Or you can pick it up from one of our car vending machines. Either way, your car comes with a seven-day return policy. So grab a seat, relax in your comfy pants, and enjoy the new way to buy a car at Carvana. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What's up, sweaties? Episode 249 of Collider Heroes. We're going to be talking about Dark Phoenix. We're going to talk about Spawn. They cast a guy to play Spawn. You might have heard of him, and so much more. Let's get into it. That's right. We're going to get into that. Talk about some spoilers for Dark Phoenix. We're not going to ruin too much, though, but we got a 
to talk about Jupiter Jet, baby. That's right. Hey, what's going on? You know, we're talking about Jupiter Jet. We're going to get to that a little bit later, but hey, you know what? It's some people who actually created that comic book and have also been on Heroes multiple times. Welcome back, Jason Inman, Ashley Victoria Robinson. So much fun to have you guys back on the show after your victorious Phoenix Comic Fest. <laughs> That's right. We were like splitting the difference. A bunch yep. of sweaties were like, hey, I can't wait. I was like, I'm sorry. We're in different. I was off sweating in that pit. <laughs> called Orlando, Florida, where there's just natural sweat. The minute you walk outside, you're covered in a glaze of your own sweat. You're like, I don't understand what, how people live here. And then yet they were over in the land of yeah. dry heat, Phoenix. You're like, what were you talking about? Like the dry palate? You're like, what's happening? Oh, yeah, your soft palate just like completely seizes up after one night of sleep. And you have that similar idea of, why did, there's grass in Kansas. Why didn't the people in their wagons yep. turn back? No offense to anyone who lives in Phoenix. Yeah, you're I all I love that you were, you were East Continent and we were West Continent. Yeah. That's right. You know what? They they were both really fantastic conventions, and both of us had a lot of cool uh, fan interaction, people interaction, uh, sweaty mutant interaction. It was was great. (laughs) I love going to conventions. I would go to them regardless as whether I had a booth or not, just enjoy Mm -hmm. the entire world of comic book and comic book universes that we get to talk about right now. Let's start with uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix. So... Um, Dark Phoenix, uh, we know, has had some uh, some troubles going on. We haven't actually <laughs> even seen a trailer yet for the film. Uh, we all want to know what's happening. It's Simon Kinberg's directorial debut. It's the fourth, like, whatever you want to call it, new X-Men, kind mm-hmm. of after they traded out the old X-Men. Yeah. X-Men. Um, so, yeah, we even with the suits. With the new suits. With the yeah, new yeah. suits. Um, let's get into it. Um, we're not going to get into too many. I want to say that we're going we're gonna to talk some spoilers about the film, but... It's all conjecture, and it's coming from... They had a test screening, and it's mm-hmm. coming from some of the people who saw these test screenings, and some of the information is obviously going to be spoilery, but we also know they're doing a massive reshoot in November and December. Similar to New Mutants, I don't know if they're going to reshoot 50% of the film or not, like they're doing with New Mutants, or if it's just going to be some, hey, let's add this one scene, or unkill a character. Who knows what it's going to be? Hilariously, both have to wait for Game of Thrones to wrap before that's, they can do reshoots. That's right. We got, they, we, they, yeah, they spread it out a little too thin. They were yep. like, wouldn't it be cool if we had both of those oh no it's not cool for either of the yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it ended up biting them in the ass we're like we can have them cross over what's happening with disney oh what now reshoots it's very confusing in the x universe the only one that was able to make it out alive was deadpool 2 mm-hmm. and yeah. actually had a fun cameo spoilers like i said we're talking spoilers of the mutants from the 80s i don't even know where the time universe exists doesn't really matter with these x-men movies no. not really every single or X-Men one is comics like, yeah truly <laughs> they literally can jump through time uh, all the time so what are you guys' thoughts? I'm going to just quickly say a quick thing. This is the only spoiler I'm going to go into is literally the first, like, five minutes of the movie. Um, so the X-Men are like the Avengers now. They're like, everyone's like, yeah, X-Men. Like, we skipped that whole thing where they're, like, mm-hmm. mutants and, like, you know, no one's afraid of them anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's now they're superheroes. And they uh, go up to save the space shuttle. Jean Grey gets hit by cosmic rays. Sounds like the Fantastic Four. She gets irradiated. And that kind of unlocks her Phoenix powers, which we saw revealed in X-Men Apocalypse, mm-hmm. so that kind of causes them to fully unload. She blasts the spaceship. It goes flying off through the universe and crash lands on an alien planet, pissing them off, and they're like, now we declare war on the humans. Are they Skrulls? Sounds like they're not. But anyway, <laughs> that's as far as I'll go. So, I mean, 
If you want to learn more about these spoilers, they're all over the internet right now. Welcome to it. There's a lot of stuff that happens in there that we were talking about pre-show. We were like, hey, let's not talk about that, but that's a dumb idea. And how come that's happening? <laughs> that's really stupid. And why are we going back and revisiting a bad film and making weird choices about that film? <laughs> anyway, that's just as much as I'll get into. But you guys heard about this. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts? Ashley, let's start with you. Uh, Dark Phoenix or the Phoenix saga in general, as important as it is to comics, is difficult for me because I don't want the X-Men to go to space. Um, I think Marvel Cosmic is sort of better traversed by other characters who were designed for that. Jason's uh, favorite Fantastic Four characters are great for stories like that. However, uh, Dark Phoenix is very important. It's probably the best X-Men in space story, and it's something that we've revisited revisited a lot in the movies and never well. So the idea that we're going to do it and it sounds good, this is the part of the spoilers that I think actually sounds really exciting, are these opening five minutes. I hope they're amazing, and I hope when the inevitable reshoots, reshoots are not a big deal, everyone does reshoots, um, comes along, I hope that this is maybe what's preserved out of it. Right. I mean, well, now we're so used to movies having reshoots that basically reshoot the entire movie, and they hire different directors. They're like, we've changed everything. So now I don't know what a reshoot is. Is it a pickup, or is it like, we've decided to redo the entire film except for this one scene? Yeah, or is it the after credit scene with Shawarma and Chris Evans has a beard? Totally. (laughs) I mean, so, Jason, what do you think about this? You know, the interesting thing is that um, I know a person that saw a screening of this movie in February, and all of these spoilers, because uh, I went to look them up, because I had him spoil me on this movie, line up with everything that he said. So I happen to believe that these spoilers are basically, sorry, it's true, it's go, go find them on the internet. Right. The other interesting thing about this is that this movie, if you believe these spoilers, are is very similar to The Last Stand, yeah. which is... Traversely, I mean, forgive me, X-Men Wolverine Origins, uh, the worst X-Men movie of all you time. You think it's worse than X-Men Origins Wolverine? I, I hate Brett Ratner. Oh, um, man. So. <laughs> See, I'll, but, I'll, give it to, I'll give it to Wolverine Origins I'll for barely give it just to. a little bit. I would, I would too, both, yeah. I don't want to even start that debate. They right. both you freaking started it. suck. It's too late. You started I don't it. care. Right. They both suck. Those movies don't exist. But um, why, why, why are we just repeating? It kind of seems like we're just repeating that story again. But, a right. lot of the story beats are exactly the same as X-Men last and that's X-Men comics. How many F and Wolverine origins do we need? The, the weirdest thing about this, too, is I'm, I'm very concerned about the X-Men universe, as, as they've been set up so far, they're basically the Singerverse, follow a very similar path. Almost every single movie is very similar, or almost basically a remake of X2. Go watch it. They All are. Right. Um, this movie is trying to introduce aliens into a movie universe where these movies follow a very straight line. They're all like, our heroes have black costumes, they aren't seen by the public, and they barely use their powers. Magneto does not fly, damn it! Um, That's how these (laughs) movies operate. And they're going to introduce this element that is so fantastical, so far out there, that you would almost need a whole movie to set up, that there are aliens out there. They're going to throw that in this movie? That, to me, seems like the dangerous... That's that's one story beat too far for this movie, in my opinion. Well, I, I would beg to differ. I think X-Men Apocalypse already did that. Sure, there you I, go. It's like they had basically an alien who was like, I'm controlling yeah. everything. That's it true. ended with a giant you know, swirl fest of uh, things floating in the sky. And it, it was the best it, part of the movie, though. That was a good fight at the end. Well, there's the other question of that, too. Like, yes who's no. asking for this? I wish I cared about the fight. No, but absolutely. Yeah, the fight scenes yeah. themselves were well executed. Unfortunately, I didn't care about any of those yeah. characters. So, I mean... I can agree and disagree with that, but I also feel like, without getting too much into what you mm-hmm. were talking about with the spoilers, also very similar as far as yep. story beats. And I feel like 
you know, I mean, we always hear this, well, we're going to try this, we're going to try that, we're going to do this new stuff, and it's like the same old thing where most of these superhero films, the big mistake is there's a giant beam in the sky with garbage floating, and then they all have to, we yeah. must go towards the beam and somehow stop it and fight a bunch of creatures, you know? So, I mean... This I movie will do the same the thing. Movie is going it's going to do, do the, the same yeah. thing. Exact yeah. same thing. So, I mean, that's why a lot of people, you know, uh, people who've seen it earlier that we know, people mm-hmm. that we've who've just recently seen it that we don't know, um, are saying the same thing, which is that... This this is a bad film. Exactly. Yeah. Every and it's, so it's, it's not reviewing positively. I, I feel like that this is the one that we should probably be more worried about than the New Mutants. Which, if we're like, going to be worried at all. I was going to say it's a bummer because X Men movies tend to go good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, and we just came out of well, not just, but the last one was bad, not right. counting Logan. Right. So I was really, I'm really hoping that with reshoots that this could pick up. No, sure. because you got to count Logan because that is an X Men uh, movie. Well, so it was bad then good, which it, was Logan. Is it a is yeah? It an but then is it Logan. bad or good for Deadpool too? Does that count in this too? Uh, not in my universe. Well, Don't tweet me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna count it. I think. <laughs> count it. So then you got good, so, good. So good, you got good. two goods, but they're both. So we're rated definitely R. set up for a bad. We're then. set up, we're set up for a, a double bad. Yeah. Like a, I don't want a double bad. You got to double down. Both got to suck. No, I don't want that. I want New Mutants to be cool. I want New Mutants to be cool. You know what's weird? I went back into the Wayback Machine called the Internet. And watch that new mutants trailer was April 29th. What the? It didn't come out obviously, but it was. It came out to, last yeah, in month. another universe. It was like, hey, we've already Earth seen 37. It. They're yeah. enjoying yeah. the mutants out there. Yeah. There's hey, already a sequel. In. They, we right. already announced the sequel. Made a lot of money. Earth made more money than Solo. It, it's crazy. I mean. Yeah, Earth 37. I heard it's pretty fantastic. Yeah, all, all of us are we're super rich. We have mansions right. and floating uh, yachts. It's yeah, right. crazy. Yep. We shoot heroes from a floating yacht. Yep. Yeah, hologram <laughs> technology is amazing. Pretty cool. But look. All I can really say is if they are indeed reshooting half of the film, because, you know, I've heard also a lot of irritation with them destroying sets that they now have to rebuild or use green screens. Oh, interesting. Um, So November and December is where it's kind of earmarked to do Mm -hmm. a lot of reshoots. I mean, you can get a lot of a lot of stuff done in a week and a half if you're just shooting green screen. Absolutely. If you're building half sets and things like that or changing the entire ending mm-hmm. or changing the middle and the ending or changing the beginning, middle, and ending, which hopefully they're going to do something with because uh, everything, everything that at least I personally read about the movie last night had me really kind of with a frowny face. Uh, yeah. I didn't want that. I was like, maybe this part will be cool, but it felt like everything I read was mm-hmm. just, I've seen this before, done better. I've seen this done already, and then this sounds horrible. So. Was there anything that you read that you personally were excited by? Um, yes and no. I, I, it sticks, if it's not too spoilery. It's not too spoilery. Yeah. It sticks with the beginning. The new X-Men, they're used. The, 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 the Frank, Frank Quietly, Frank quietly like, glow jackets. I that, think, oh, please, that licensing, in, yeah, sell yeah, those jackets, that, those, please. I hope, I hope they're in Hot Topic next, <laughs> yeah. next year. Yeah. Yeah. Really we hot Topic, all, we'll all wear we'll that all shirt. We'll all buy them, yeah. We'll do an episode of Heroes <laughs> yeah, wearing, wearing that shirt. I'm not a producer, but I'm going to put that out there. What Ashley said, we're doing it. She's just junior producer. Roka, look out. Ashley's coming for you. Do you know where those jackets exist? Where? Earth 37. Earth 37. Yeah, we got a fleet of them on R37. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody wears them on R37. Yeah. yeah, but we have to deem them cool enough to wear them. It's like how you have to go through this whole process. You must go through the Heroes United That's Federation right. in order right. to be able to wear the jackets. Hey, let's talk about a different universe, an image universe, a Spawn universe. So Todd McFarlane <laughs> has been talking about doing Spawn yep. literally for 20 years. For and a decade. Not, and not, we see even comment yeah. on. When There's I started doing movie, movie talk, we were, we were talking about this six years ago. We were talking about, I don't know, I heard Spawn is going to... 
McFarlane's going to do this independent Spawn movie. He's raring to go. And we're, look, I've been a supporter of Todd McFarlane making his own movie since the get. I was like, look, mm-hmm. dude, put your money where your mouth is. I always say you bought that baseball, sell that baseball. Yeah. You got that toy company, get that money, take that money, and make your Spawn movie for a really low budget because you can then do it. You don't need big Hollywood money to make a film. Now, I don't know what kind of deal he struck with Jason Bloom of mm-hmm. Bloomhouse. I don't know if Bloomhouse is fully covering the lower budget, 10 to $12 million, which I think is a perfect amount of mm-hmm. money yeah. for an a R-rated horror film using the character of Spawn. I, I love the idea. Now I like it even more, getting Jamie Foxx. Now, Jamie Foxx, you know, I'll never like The Amazing Spider-Man 2. There's no, no money, amount of money you can pay me to ever say <laughs> I thought the movie was good. It's garbage. It's horrible. It's an uneven train wreck, and I hated it. So let's just get that out of the way. I love Jamie Foxx. He's funny. He's talented. He's Oscar-winning, and he deserves it. He was great in almost every single film I've seen. Django Unchained comes to mind. He's fantastic. Mm -hmm. He's an amazing actor. Now, to get that kind of quality actor to come in, though we keep hearing that Spawn is very minimal, he's like Jaws, he shows up, he says two lines, disappears. When you have someone like Jamie Foxx, even if they're going to use motion capture, if they're going to use him mm-hmm. in makeup, you've got that. Acting is reacting. Acting comes through the eyes. Acting is so much more than lines, and this man has it all. So when Todd was writing the script, he had Jamie in mind because Jamie, like, I think it was five years ago, it was like 2013, loved to do Spawn. I grew up wanting to be Spawn. So now it's happening. Let's get your reactions. Jason. You know, I was a big fan of Spawn when I was a kid. Um, and since I dove back into Spawn, I dove back into Spawn about a couple years ago, trying to be like, okay, what was it when I was a kid? And the interesting thing about it is I realized it wasn't the story. It was the art. It was Tom McFarlane and Greg Capullo's art that drove me into Spawn. And they had, like, the best art of any comic book on the stands for most of the 90s. And Spawn, for because of that, is kind of perfect for a film adaptation because film is a visual medium. Now, the interesting thing about this is that I wonder what the pitch was that they got Jamie Foxx. Because, again, yeah, everything we've heard about this movie... Is Jamie Foxx... I don't know if it's been real, if he's a producer on it. I don't know. Because that would be really interesting. Because if he's been part of this project, maybe since Todd dropped his name, Mm -hmm. um, and he has creative say in it, then it could shape it in a really interesting way. I don't know. But it's. Mm -hmm. I wonder what the pitch is they told him. I mean, he's a smart dude. Mm -hmm. Superhero movies are the thing. But, yeah, Todd has always talked about this movie for the plus decades he's talked about it that yeah spawn is like not even the main character there's been rumors that it's maybe going to be the spawn supporting characters sam and twitch yep. which i think would be amazing for sure he said it was yeah, yeah. but uh, but there's i know there was that also that bbc show at the time it was kevin smith was developing that was sam and twitch but i don't know if that show is happening anymore because of this but anyways right um the biggest factor about this i think jamie fox being tied to this movie is awesome it's going to give some legitimacy to this movie the biggest problem about this movie or factor that's really makes me wonder is todd mcfarlane directing this right. movie. Todd McFarlane is a great comic book artist. Um, he's an okay comic book writer. Um, he's an, a fantastic and smart businessman. But nothing in his career has showed that he can direct a good movie. Mm. Right. Now, I would be more excited about this if he was maybe the DP, because he has a great visual eye, or he was just writing the script and they decided to give this into a a you know veteran f- horror director the Todd McFarlane directing that directing this movie is where I feel we go into shaky territory with this I would agree with you. I have to roll you back though he to be a DP you can't mm-hmm. just be like oh Todd be a DP that's like years, no I, I, I get that years but, but of studying if he's going to make himself the director with no well, years of experience <laughs> but I would say <laughs> what I said earlier is like 
get a great DP because a great director is mm-hmm. only as good as his crew. Mm-hmm. And when you have an incredible director of photography, cinematographer, he's lining up the shots. He's looking at all the lighting. Mm-hmm. He knows all the gels. He knows the cameras. He knows everything that you want someone to be technically proficient at and above and beyond so that you can talk to the actors, so that you deal with the, where are we in this scene? What happens? What just happened? What's mm-hmm. going to happen? So when you have a fantastic DP, that's what I implore that Todd gets. Get one of the greatest DPs you could possibly get. Get an, a fantastic DP that ignites your passion. Go watch a bunch of horror films and look at mm-hmm. who was the DP on those, mm-hmm. especially most more recent films, so, so you can get them. And so also I feel a very like, solid first assistant director because you need it, Todd. Most definitely a first, yeah. second, yeah, and yeah. third. I mean, so I mean, yeah. I feel like Todd will surround himself with that kind of talent, and that's the that's the go to. I feel like. For him to direct this successfully, not only does he need a fantastic DP, I think he's got a good, really good producer mm-hmm. with Jason Blum and, mm-hmm. and all of the people at Blumhouse who can control and maintain a, a you know, a tight set. A, you know, it's mm-hmm. going to be a, you know, a short shoot. You have like, you know, 10 million. That doesn't last long. And when yeah. you're, you have a whole crew working on big sets. So what are your thoughts about this? I mean, I'm not a spawn uh, connoisseur being absolutely not the target audience for it. But I do think it's interesting because... The Spawn movie is kind of a joke that comes out of San Diego Comic-Con every year because every year it's announced <laughs> that we're making the Spawn movie and you're like, all right, Todd, like, I guess right. so, if you say so. It was that and The Crow. It was like, oh, Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. Um, but in a post-Deadpool, post-Logan world where R-rated superheroes are now suddenly viable because Blade never happened, um, I think it's interesting that it's finally getting off its feet. Yes. And I think through that lens, it might... I've seen the first Spawn movie. It right. doesn't work on any level. <laughs> Um, Violator works. I mean, the HBO I'll, animated series really works. I would say, I think, yeah. I think for the time and when the movie's made, I think they made a great casting choice. Mm-hmm. I think it's not his fault that that movie uh, hasn't translated well, but I think now there's an opportunity to do it really well. And, I mean, the possibility, if this movie goes well, if Todd either turns out to be a fabulous director, which he could be. He could be. We've seen first-time directors do really well mm-hmm. in, in the past or if he's got a great crew, whatever. But if it turns out to be a really great movie and Spawn suddenly gets... Because it's been consistent and has a huge fan base, but if it sort of gets the second life like it had right. in the 90s, to me, the, the implications of this movie are maybe more interesting than the movie itself. I, I have a question for the panel. Sure. Um, so this is the movie, again, that has been talked about every San Diego Comic-Con. We're still working on it. Sure. Yeah. And they probably were because... We, we have you know, the announcement of Jamie Foxx. Mm-hmm. Let's, I would love to hear from both of you. When do we actually think we'll see this? What year? Oh, 2019, summer of 2019. Oh, you think it'll be that quick? Yeah, you or, think it's next year? Halloween of next year. Oh, Without a doubt, I feel like they're going to get into production. Oh, you think with Jamie, we're, we're ready to rock? Ready to rock. I, uh, I was, yeah, I feel it's okay. definitely going to come out next year, probably end of the year next year. I would say early 2020. I think they'll probably try to take that Winter Soldier Deadpool early slot. Yeah. But Halloween would be a smart move that I, yeah, hadn't, I hadn't considered That's kind of what I feel. Like, I would be surprised if we see it before 2020. I'll be blown away. Yeah, but who because, again, I mean, we've heard so many nebulous, like, oh, it's coming, so I don't know. But, but you could shoot a Spawn movie pretty quick. You yeah, could. I yeah. feel there's, like, you know, especially when you have a lower budget like uh-huh. that and mm-hmm. it's a tight schedule, you're, like, you're going to, you know, I'd say 30 days max. Yeah. So you have a month, and while they're shooting, they're editing. So mm-hmm. I feel the turnaround with minimal effects, if he's doing in-camera stuff, and he's doing a lot of things that he talked about, yeah. what he wants to do, mm-hmm. where you, it's more of a horror film. And horror films, the greatest thing about them is they can be done quick and fast and cheap. Yeah. Last and final question for the panel. Practical Spawn? CGI spawn. What do you do for this movie? If if it were me and I could do whatever I wanted, I would hire Andy Serkis and be like, make spawn. However you want to do like it. Like mocap? Yeah, I think cool. so. 
That's a good uh, idea. I would do a mixture of the two. Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, with, with I think the his first... Cape has to be CGI, with right? With the first spawn, I mean, he was definitely a yeah, practical yeah. effects mm -hmm. character. He was makeup heavy. The cape was the one thing that didn't yeah. really work in the old film. Mm -hmm. 20 years old. It, would, it looked cool, even... And it looked kind of fake even back then when it came out. Now you look at it, it's like, well, for what it was and trying to emulate that crazy cape, yeah. I think they did a good job, but with what they can do now, and especially if they're going to stay with that kind of stricter horror essence where he's coming out of shadows and things like that, yeah. a mixture of the two would be great. What I want to say is, like, where do you think this is going to land when it comes out? How do you think it's going to uh, hit as far as, like, superhero audiences, regular audiences? Do, does this film cost $10 million, So really all it really needs to make to be a box office smash for itself mm -hmm. is to make $50 million opening weekend, and it's all gravy after that. Do you think it's going to hit? I think a lot of it, uh, I think this movie lives or dies on the marketing campaign in the same way that the first Deadpool movie did. And I think if they can transcend, I mean, first of all, I think most of people in the larger consumer world, the people who aren't coming to watch Heroes, the people who don't go to every superhero show, I don't know how many people know what Spawn is. Right. I'm just going to be completely honest. I don't mean that to be denigrating. Sure. I don't mean it to be rude. I don't mean to take anything away from it. But I just don't know if it's cracked the zeitgeist, even the way that Deadpool and well, Wolverine obviously has. Um, and I think if it has a clever marketing campaign, I think it could run away with 50 million opening weekend, no problem. I think if they, I think if it's more of what you would expect, I think it'll have a tougher road, but I think it'll make 50. I really, really do. I agree with what you said. They have to approach it with a unique marketing plan. Mm -hmm. They have to take it for what it is and play up Absolutely. that horror angle. And mm -hmm. it, we all know, like, we know what Spawn is, but you're right. A lot of people, like, who either watch the HBO series in the mid-90s. Or, or remember watch, the toys. Or even the toys. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, that is now, we're talking about 20 years mm -hmm. of elapsed time. What do you think? Uh, I think it'll get 50, but it'll just barely get 50. I, I, I agree with you. It's, getting the word out on who Spawn is yeah. is going to be the hardest thing. And also, again, the quality of this thing is going to be a big hurdle as well. If it's a solid movie, I think it's going to be sort of like... It'll be one of those movies that you see at, like, number three and number four for, like, mm -hmm. a month. And right. it'll, it'll be a slow, steady earner is what I think. I will be blown away if Spawn is a number one box office opening Depends movie. on what it's opening. But also, yeah, it's again, true. Yeah. If it's in a month, because sometimes it happens, if it's in a month of nothing, right. yeah. it could run away and if with it's, the box office. And if it's office. an October release, it has a strong chance to be the number yeah. one. Yeah, but it'll should, be interesting. Yeah. They should play up that Halloween angle. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I feel like it has the chance to be a big hit. One of the last things I want to mention about what... McFarlane said, as he mm. said, it's not an origin movie. So we're not going to find out yeah. about Al Simmons. We're not going to find out really anything. That's why it is going to focus on these other, these other detectives and Spawn kind of coming in and out of their story. I feel like he said, I'm writing this as a trilogy. Everybody loves trilogies. But whether or not it's going to be a trilogy, he said he would address the origin later. Do you think that's a good idea? I do think that's a good idea. I think once you've seen... Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman, you basically know how people become superheroes. Um... Spawn is a little more interesting. You can play up the mythology of that a little bit more, but if you're just trying to get people invested in the world, I think the uh, hell of it all might be better left for a second, a sophomore movie, and just make him your cool Batman who's lurking in the shadows. I think that could really work. For I the agree. First what movie. do you think, Jason? I agree. I think the, the, to go the Spider-Man Homecoming route, where yeah. he's just this guy that's already fully formed, I think is a good choice. Again, Spawn's origin's not that complicated. Right. He's a guy that sold his soul to the devil. 
Right. Spoilers! It. Spoilers. <laughs> that's it. One sentence, you that's, gotta that, cover it. That, for it, an almost 30-year-old concept. That's, that's kind of an origin that's been used in many movies that aren't even superhero movies. Like, yeah. we've totally. kind of seen that a lot. So we I all think, saw the Constantine movie, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think for them to wait on the second movie for that and just let him be a creature or a force in this movie is a good idea. I do, too. I was, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm very happy mm-hmm. for Todd McFarlane. Everyone in the comic book industry is or should be at least happy for Todd. This yeah, I hope it works. Like, I hope it kills. And trying to get made, and now we are seeing it come to life. Let's get into some minor mutations. We're going to talk about a bunch of different subjects, and let's start it right off the bat with, it seems like Zoe Saldana has slipped up and said the title of Avengers 4. This was many months ago. Really? When she was like, just was talking it Mark about, Ruffalo? It was, it was not. No, it wasn't <laughs> Ruffalo Tom or Tom Holland. Holland. It was yep. not. It was Zoe Saldana. you got to let and Cumberbatch watch these people. I know. Cumberbatch <laughs> should have been led by the hoary coast of enchantment. <laughs> <laughs> metal thing around the map. She said Infinity Gauntlet. She said, well, we're, right now we're shooting Infinity Gauntlet, and that's going to be, that's going to wrap it up. And then they were like, and people from off the screen were like, the Marvel snipers were like, yeah, too late. It got out. And now some people are saying that made Marvel change the name back to Avengers 4. Mm. Um, they might. That's now, interesting. Now, will this stick, and will they actually say it's called Infinity Gauntlet? Now, we've been, you know, on and off guessing for a long time, like Infinity War, then Infinity Gauntlet. Then Zoe Saldana slips up and says that. Then they change it back and say, no, no, it's Avengers 4. Wouldn't that make the most sense anyway? Because those six Avengers left are running the gauntlet. Gauntlet means a lot more things mm. than just the gauntlet itself. What do you think about Avengers Infinity Gauntlet being the actual title. You know, it's funny when predicting, you know, comic book superhero movie stuff, I always try to go for the most original kind of craziest idea because that's what I want the writers and the producers to give me. What I find time and time again is the most obvious answer is usually the correct one. So in my opinion, um, you're, it probably is called Infinity Gauntlet. And if it is, I'm disappointed because... I would have rather the first movie have been called Infinity Gauntlet and the second one been called Infinity War. To do Infinity Gauntlet as a second one seems weird to me. And again, I just think, like, there's way more creative titles, guys. Avengers Forever, Avengers Disassembled, Avengers Assembled. Like, there's so much better titles. Avengers, even new Avengers. Avengers Forever stinks of that Batman Forever. So I get yeah. it. Even though it's yeah, re- yeah, referencing yeah. a great mm-hmm. comic book, unfortunately, you have to go into the larger screen mm-hmm. to be like, eh, that's too much what like is that. The, what is it? Because in the, in the comic books, it's the trilogy. It's it's Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity War. What is the? Fr- Infinity, Infinity Watch. Infinity Watch. Now, yeah. I, I, I think that's the only one that's out of print. Yeah, it's Infinity Watch. And then there's Infinity <laughs> Countdown happening in Marvel right now. And then there's Infinity Kids that's yeah. coming out next year. No, I don't know. It's like Muppet Babies with Thanos. That's right. And that's right. Like, we yeah, they yes. announced Infinity Babies is for yeah, next year. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like you're, it, I, I hate to say it, it probably is Infinity Gauntlet. Like it's probably uh-huh. that's probably exactly what it is. And we've been killing ourselves trying to be like right. maybe it's Secret Avengers. Right. We don't Secret know. Invasion. <laughs> yeah. I know. Hilariously, the last time I was on Heroes was when uh, they said the name is so crazy, everyone's gonna lose their mind. They've back, they backtracked from that so it's like Every interview now the Russo's brothers give, they're like, oh, man, we built up that title too much. It's going to disappoint everybody. Yeah. Well, you know what, yeah. though? I don't think it will because one of the cool things about Infinity War is mm-hmm. it was a war. Sure. We saw multiple wars happening on different planets even. And uh, the Infinity Gauntlet will now resonate with a different name. And, in fact, it is a part two. Mm-hmm. So the movies are inherently I know, together. It's so cute that they were like, it's not part right, one. Right, they're totally part not two. connected. So we're all like, what's the fourth one going to be? Yeah. No, no, no. But the, the first one is actually really literally not an origin mm-hmm. story of Thanos, but it's get to know Thanos so that what he does actually has some kind of emotional mm-hmm. effect and you're in his head as far as you want to be. I mean, it's like, I don't like Thanos, but 
I get where he's coming from. He's the Mad Titan. He's crazy. But it, so I feel like the Avengers are going to have to run that gauntlet. And mm-hmm. I think that title fits so well, fits like a glove. So, <laughs> you know, we'll see if it sticks. Who knows? I mean, we'll I mean all we're be, all going to go see it anyway. I know. Like, Avengers we, Annihilation. We, what do you think? I thought I was going to be called in. They could have called it yeah. Avengers Truly. Poopy Pants and we'd go see it. I mean, we it. all, yeah. like the three of us and people watching, we live or die by what's it going to be called. But ultimately, if we're all still going, just call it Avengers 4. Really? <laughs> I like that they got rid of the numbers. That's I, I do, personally. too. Yeah. I really do, yeah. <laughs> All right, speaking of numbers, Silver and Black director uh, Gina Bl- Prince-Blythewood has said that they're busy rewriting the script to get it right. Do you guys think that this film will be made in the Spider-Verse or eventually or never? I'm going to be honest, I forgot this movie existed right. <laughs> until I got the show notes. <laughs> um, not, not a Felicia Hardy stand. Sue me. Um, I think I'm... <sighs> If it gets made, which I think is a big stinky if, um, it'll be in the Venomverse, but I don't know if it'll be in the larger. Right. Because every time you bring out Tom Holland for more than a fight scene, and Felicia Hardy is a character who is really tied to Peter Parker. Yes. So much so that they even had a relationship. That's a really good story. You guys should check it out. Um, (laughs) Every time you do that, the MCU people, uh, the Marvel snipers that we alluded to earlier, get nervous about it. And I don't know if this is the kind of movie that they're going to want to let their Spider-Man play in. Right. What do you think, Jason? I think it all depends on how well Venom does. Mm. I think if Venom tanks, this movie never happens. I think if Venom does well, I think we'll see this movie move into production real quick. Because we see it in 2019. Yeah, well, I think you will. I think they'll speed it up because yeah. they'll be like, oh, man, we got to have an interconnected universe because we got to hit our hands. I mean, the weirdest thing about this movie is that Silver Sable is such a strange Spider-Man character so anyway. Weird. She's yeah. like a mercenary bounty hunter who's a princess from a fake country. Someone came up with the title Black and Silver, yep. and they were like, who could be Silver? Right. Yeah, because in the comic books, they barely cross over. Nah, yeah, so It's a very weird one, and to me, I feel like we're going to see Craven the Hunter, that movie, which yeah. I've heard is in mm-hmm. development, like as a standalone. We're probably going to see Craven before we see Silver and Black. Mm-hmm. And now, if they're truly going to have Mysterio be the villain for the next Spider Man film, which is set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel mm-hmm. adjacent, whatever you want to call it, you know, maybe Iron Man will be in it again, but you're not going to see probably. a lot of other yeah. Avengers. I think whatever their deal was, is like you can have this one thing and the, the tie up is like, you know, the, tra- the, the suit. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that's really kind of the, the thing that makes the, that work. I would like to see these characters eventually cross over, become the Sinister Six, and have them either battle Spider-Man and Spider-Man 4 or 5 if we truly get all these different Spider-Mans that yeah. we really should get. So what do, you, what do you guys think about that? Can there be this kind of Marvel-adjacent crossover with Sony and Marvel? Uh, it's tough, I think, because Marvel's going to... DC- Disney is going to want to eat them at some point, Mm -hmm. um, which is the same thing that we're seeing with this Fox deal that we all really thought was tied up and is maybe not as tied up as we thought it was. Um, I think it's really funny, though, that the development of these characters brings us back around to the Sinister Six because um, I remember when we were all talking about that was supposed to be the third Spider-Man movie and and that Marvel, uh, Marvel, as it exists at Sony, can't seem to move past that. But I don't know if I have faith that that studio can be the one to pull it off. Well, I feel like Drew Goddard, who is going to be making the Sinister yeah. Six, I've heard so much about his screenplay. I'm going to get my hands Daredevil, on it. right? Yes. Yeah. Well, better choice. <laughs> well, and he's, now he's attached to write and direct X-Force. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And he made Cabin in the Woods. He's a very talented mm-hmm. guy. I wanted, I, like, you know, some people are like, the Sinister Six movie was way crazy. It had dinosaurs and all this other crazy shit in it. 
I think it would have worked because you had the talent of that guy behind it. What are your, what are your thoughts? Not about Sinister Six, but Spider-Man actually becoming a part of this larger Sony-verse if it works. You know, I, th- I think it's going to be very minor. I really do. And again, it's, I, I, I hate to say it. I think, I think it's going to all be based on Venom. I really do. Like, um, I think you've said there are rumors out there that, that Peter Parker is in Venom. Now, everything I've heard is he's in two scenes. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, you know, as Peter Parker, exactly. Yeah. And I would imagine that like, he's very minor in this movie. Like it's you know maybe he sees a video clip of the footage of Venom or something like that. Right. But yeah, that'll be the interesting thing. Do we ever see Spider Man, or will they only let Peter Parker be Ooh. in those movies? Or does does you know, uh, does Tom Hardy work for the Daily Bugle? Or, so, yeah, yeah. You know? So I, I don't know. As he should. Right. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be minor stuff like that. I think, and if they ever get the Sony verse off the ground. Um, it'll just be little minor touches. It'll be like, oh, there's the Daily Bugle, because or there's do they, yeah. Do they even just to get real weird about it? Do they even own the right to use the Spider-Man suit that we see Peter kind of tooling around? Remember though, the the amazing Sp- the, the Spider-Man Homecoming is a Sony release. Yeah. yeah. So remember that yeah. when we're yeah. talking about Spider-Man, mm-hmm. that is also you know mm-hmm. Venom is a Sony release. So it's easy to like. We, we're in the world of conjecture right now, but Absolutely. at the same time, because yeah. we don't know what sure. those little deal points are, yeah. I think there's a lot of crossover that we're like, well, no, they're separate universes. I think there's a lot of crossover that can happen, and why they made this mm-hmm. deal is like, they wouldn't just give Spider-Man to the Avengers, which now he's in two Avengers films, mm-hmm. yeah. as well as this l- massive Unless crossover. Unless they get a piece of that. Yeah. So yeah. there's got to be... It's also the same time, it's one of those things, yeah, it's a very weird, nebulous thing, because you don't know how much does Kevin Feige be like, nope, Spider-Man's not doing that. Well, hopefully you he know. would be there to be like, that yeah. would negate what we're doing. Exactly. So yeah. I would hope that they are working closely together. Mm-hmm. We'll, all will be revealed in October and, when we see Venom. And we're all excited for it. As much yeah. as we love to talk about all the deal points, we want the biggest universe possible. Yeah, mo- de- most definitely. Uh, did Avengers and Deadpool help ruin Solo's box office? So let's get into a little bit. A little, a little nugget of Star Wars universe stuff. Normally that's covered by Jedi Council. I'm also a Star Wars fan, so I wanted to say, yeah. like, you know, I liked Solo. I didn't, I wasn't a person who was like, I, I, you know, unfortunately, the Star Wars fan base is very divisive right now. It's yeah. either you love it or you hate it, or you, I loved Last Jedi or I hated Last Jedi. And so now they're forcing a lot of other people, just regular people, to be either filled with hate or you gotta love it. You can't just be in the middle. Hey, guess what? I'm in the middle. Only I like a it. Sith deals in absolutes. That's right. I'm somewhere in the middle. I have both a red and blue lightsaber, sometimes green. You one of them, you one of them gray Jedi's? John? I'm a gray Jedi, baby. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I, and I'm all for it. I think I liked a lot of Solo. Yeah. Mm. The third act I had issues with and certain scenes I had some problems with, but overall, I came out of there enjoying the film. I was shocked a little bit uh, at the box office, but what more shocked me was the reaction to the box office, where it was being called like a flop. Oh, right, because if you don't break 100 your opening weekend, you yeah. failed, but regardless it, of what your budget is. Uh, what I'm saying is, yeah, exactly. It made $114 million. It, mm-hmm. it made like $65 million overseas. Now, granted, the movie itself cost upwards to 250 300 million because Possibly of all the reshoots 500 because of the well, reshoots well with all the yeah, yeah. Well, with all the marketing as yeah, well yeah, yeah. you start to add that up it, it becomes a little bit unwieldy mm-hmm. um, now as far as disney goes it's not a total loss whereas we'll yeah. see what happens with the second weekend yeah. um obviously digital sales these those kinds of things it, it will make its money back eventually it won't be like a billion dollar film absolutely but, but that's the same argument people would make about justice league uh yes. you know and regardless of what you think about justice league like movies are not solvent based on their opening weekend i know we like that sexy title for right. our you know whatever article but i think i think it's premature and childish to assume that solo is a failure 
Um, I did not like it. I'm, I am one of those people who's very polarized on the Star Wars movies. I think... I don't think Avengers and Deadpool has anything to do with it. Um, I think the, the terrible casting of the lead has a lot to do with it. And I think um, the lukewarm press screenings, because more and more, especially, again, with what we do with internet journalism, people's opinions live or die by that two-week early review. Yes. Um, and I don't think it was overall that positive going into it. So I think a lot of people slept on it this opening weekend. How about you, Jason? I, I think it did have a big difference with it. I, I, I'm with Ashley. I, I, I didn't enjoy Solo. Um, but it's interesting because bef- the original release schedule this year, Deadpool actually was supposed to open the weekend after Solo. Mm-hmm. And it was funny when I remember I originally looked at the schedule for this year. I was like, oh, Deadpool is going to murder Solo. Yeah. I, and, I, and then they adjusted it. And I wonder if they adjusted it because of the initial Disney Fox deals. Um, I think because you go into Avengers Infinity War, it, was, it had huge buzz. Everybody loved it. Yeah. Biggest movie of the year. Deadpool 2 positive buzz everybody really liked it and then you get to solo and it was very mixed and i think that had a lot of things to do it again i think you're right i think everybody it was the it's the first big blockbuster movie of the year where the press screens were very mixed right that i think so i think a lot of people skipped out i feel it was a combination of both the avengers and Mm -hmm. deadpool being Mm -hmm. box office juggernauts that a lot of people were seeing a second time i want to see that again because deadpool opened pretty big it opened giant and both of those films you know maintained a a giant chunk of box office even though solo beat all those films Mm -hmm. those films themselves had a massive they're like like 26 million crazy amounts of mad millions so it's like i feel like the marketing campaign is where Solo kind of fell yeah. off. I would definitely agree. Rogue One, which also takes place in the older Star Wars universe, they had a, tr- a teaser like a year out. Yeah. They had uh-huh. trailers to get you excited about the film, even though we heard all these, oh, it's getting reshot. Mm-hmm. The director got, he's sitting on the bench with his best friends reshooting the film. It's almost identical, but it, I think Solo was a lot worse where the director was completely replaced mm-hmm. by Ron Howard. And, you know, so there was like even a more radical changeover happened. So that's not going to bode well when you hear these massive kind of mm-hmm. upheavals. But the thing that I think hurt Solo the most is no trailer, no teaser, no nothing. I agree. Until like two months before the the movie. Yeah, it was very late. Even the trailers that we have, he's got two lines in the first trailer. Those are Lando movie trailers. Yes. And and look, I would have rather seen a Lando movie, but when your movie is called Solo and he doesn't speak in it, that, even if you're not someone who goes into a trailer thinking about that, that speaks to you and to your expectations. Yeah, yeah I, think, I feel like they didn't set up. They I liked, hit him a lot. I liked, his, I liked him as Solo in this movie, but I could see why some people didn't. Yeah. But I actually thought he was fine as Solo. Like mm-hmm. I was like, look, I, he's not going to be Harrison Ford, so I went in there knowing it's not so mm-hmm. that it's a different version of Solo. But, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's the marketing campaign, which is the bigger reason it kind of mm-hmm. failed and also the setup that even critics had they were set up to automatically question this film i honestly believe that because of the reaction of that very first kind of lukewarm uh-huh. warm yeah. teaser where they were hiding solo a little bit and the remember, actors, when those, remember when all those uh, uh posters leaked or yeah. i'm sorry were released and then they walked it back and said they were leaked because people didn't like like this movie feels very reactive to uh, the the divisive fan culture that exists right. around Star Wars. Well, those posters yeah. were ripoffs of another yeah, it's, artist. It's, it's, yes, they, they were. It's very <laughs> interesting to look at Solo because you can look at Solo from like an executive standpoint, and you can you can sort of imagine how it happened. The Disney executives being like, "Oh man, Han Solo's our best character. Everybody loves Solo. This movie's gonna work." And then from the opposite side, like you come to the fan side of it, and you announce like Solo, and we're just like, "Why do we need that movie?" 
Like, that I was, like, like, the first discussion, like, I, almost everybody had. was, like, really? Solo's the one you're going to give like us? I also like to bring up uh, Emma Fife's point, where she's like, well, Harrison Ford was 30 when he played Han Solo. Is that not young enough? Yeah. And it's a little, <laughs> Which always yeah. makes me laugh. Right. But, but it's a little bit of these two perspectives, like, yeah. kind of crashing into each other. Sure. And, it, and, it, and, it, and I hate to say it, I do think it is the first um, show of... Uh, damage or rust in the star wars armor i mean again they 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 gave us it's interesting but they green they greenlit that boba fett movie real quick as they did and i think they specifically did that to kind of of turn the fan yeah because guess what i've been wanting that since everybody's wanted that because you don't know anything about that yeah he's a mysterious i wanted the fett movie instead of solo yeah Yeah. so bring on the fett is all i could say Mm -hmm. um but you know what star wars has got a lot of rust to it you got the holiday special you got those ewoks on Endor, two tv movies wilford brimley all three of the prequels so i feel like solo is better than all of that so i feel like there's a lot that is great about solo. there's a new star wars guess yeah, yeah and, we and have to solo, talk about it in that in that new world in that realm Solo's gonna make a lot of like it's gonna be fine it's, it's gonna make, make its money it was, I, I wonder i think now because if you've seen solo they definitely set it up for solo 2 oh, yeah. electric boogaloo yes um i think i would be surprised if we see solo 2 now like, well, but definitely, they've you know they haven't announced the mm-hmm. Kenobi film. They ha- but they've mm-hmm. announced well, not officially announced the Boba Fett film. We mm-hmm. have these um, you know Knights of the Old Republic. Let's hope that the you oh, know the Game yeah. of Thrones guys are doing mm-hmm. going to the Wayback Machine. They've also got the See, John I want, I wanted that TV movie show. more than I ever wanted Solo. Well, the Knights of the Old we're Republic. We're not going to be yeah. like we're missing out on Star Wars. Uh. I mean, we talked about this on Movie Talk where I'm like, look, you're going to have way as much Star Wars as you ever wanted. This, and that's what I'd be happy with. TV show, two movies a year, totally cool with that. Yep. If they rock and do three, I'm all for it. I don't mind. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I'd say they're setting it up so that after J.J. Finish, finishes number nine, we're going to get at least two movies in a, ser- a series oh, in 2020. Oh, for sure, yeah. So, sure. Uh, Andrew Lincoln has left Walking Dead. Now, we never thought we were going to see that happen. Um, so he's only appearing in six of the nine episodes for season nine is this series walking into the sunset is this series <laughs> over are we going to shuffle zombie style off the cliff of death and then is there going to be a season 10 well, what, yeah. what do you think is going to happen well if you read the walking dead comic books you can tell that robert kirkman is setting it up for carl to be the main character so i would only assume that the show is oh shit mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. wait a minute he's dead yikes oh oh i don't yeah yes yeah uh, <laughs> it's tough though because fear yeah. fear is doing I mean, I don't know if it's doing well. People are watching it. Right. Uh, Fear got more than one season, which is kind of what I expected for it. I think Andrew Lincoln's a Brit who's sick of working in Georgia uh, for the entire year. He's probably sick of that East Heat. Yeah. Yeah, and it's you know it's tough to argue with that. Uh, Arthur Darvo left Legends for the same reason yep. that he missed working at home, which which I can empathize with. Um, I think Walking Dead is our next supernatural, though. I think it's going to shuffle on Forever. until we die. Well, I mean, uh, the the other actress, I think her name's Lauren. She was like, she just got a TV mm-hmm. series. True. So, and she's like only on for six episodes yeah, as well. Yeah, so yeah. I wonder if they're going to do something where they both bite it in yeah. the end. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I stopped watching it like three I, seasons I, I ago. I stopped watching so. it like three I never ago. watched yeah. it. <laughs> I, I think you're right. This will be a supernatural. But it, sh- it should stop when Rick Grimes leaves the show. He's the main character. Well, no, Norman Reedus is going to, like, give me a little bit of uh, that money. Daryl, you're a supporting character. Just know you're a supporting character and go away. No, I think he's going to become the main, one of oh, the I main think, characters I think you're right because... 10. Yes, let's, let's because, have a main character that barely talks. That works because off. Because Tumblr loves him. Yeah. Like, there's a huge audience for that character, so you're probably right. Yeah, I... Well, you Good know, for him. Get a paper. I'll, I'll read about it because I'm not watching it. Yeah. You know what I'm going to watch is that Swamp Thing series that the DC Universe uh, streaming service is doing. Their casting calls uh, were, went out for Abby Arcane and Alec Holland. So we, uh, sweaties know that that's those are the two mm-hmm. main characters, mm-hmm. Alec Holland. Eventually, 
becomes the plant that thinks it's a human that is actually a plant. We don't know how they're going to rock that origin. They'll probably take a little bit of the Len Wein Bernie Wrightson origin mm-hmm. and then flip it maybe mid-season to go to the Alan Moore. That's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see the first season kind of stay true to the original early Swamp Thing horror mm-hmm. stories. And then end of second season, you can have the anatomy lesson as the season ends. I was going to say, do you think they're going to have, uh, they're going to bring Matt Ryan Constantine in to have a baby? Oh, well, I would love to see that. <laughs> I want to see Constantine, but I don't want to see him until the second season. Yeah, I, yeah. I've got my own like wish list. We don't have to go through my bucket list, but they've already mentioned Sunderland. So you know that that's going to be mm-hmm. a big part of it. What do you think about this new series? How are they going to adapt it? When are we going to see the Floronic Man? What do you think, Jason? The Floronic Man. I don't, Woodrow, know. Yeah. I don't know if we'll ever see Jason Woodrow. Um, you know, I don't know. This will be an interesting show. I'm when I read these casting announcements, I was pretty excited for it. But when I first announced Swamp Thing, I was like, I don't know how you do this show. I, they're sort of mixing it in with a little bit. Of, they they came up with a fake company name, and, and it's like sort of seems like they're going to be agents of the CDC, mm-hmm. which is sort of interesting. I'm like, oh, that's an interesting aspect to keep it. I think they're going to leave him human. I think he will for be most of the first season for at least the first season. I think it'll be like if they ever get to a second season or a third season. I think that's where they'll do the twist. Where it'll be like, oh man, for half the season that wasn't actually Alec. It was the plant thinking it was Alec. Oh, right. Like I think, the, and like maybe lead to a battle well, of two swamp things. Cool, and that way you don't have to dress them up like. Um, I don't know. It, I hope it works. It sounds great. Um, keep going. <laughs> yeah, my feeling about all of these. What's the streaming service called? DC Universe. DC Universe. Yeah. DC Universe. About all those shows is. I'll believe it when the app launches right. um, because we know it's been pushed back a number of times. It's been in development for a while, and I'm not I'm not implying that it would be easy to create an app like this for this kind of content. I know that's complicated, and they want to do it well. Um, but like Titans, like I like Swamp Thing. I think Swamp Thing would be great on television. It's cool that they're casting, but we've also cast an entire Justice League movie that got tanked the day before shooting. So I'm like cautiously optimistic, and then when the app launches, I think I'll be like, yeah, give it to me. But James Wan, I think, um, I know he was already contracted with WB, an excellent pull for the show. Yeah, he's executive producing. Mm-hmm. He's a lover of horror films, yeah. obviously, maker of horror films. So I feel like, and I'm sure without a doubt, loves the, run, the all the different various runs of Swamp Thing. Loves mm-hmm. to find out exactly what creepy puppet thinks about the Swamp Thing <laughs> comic books. I mean, I can't wait but, till the baby season. That's going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what I, I feel like yeah. he's going to turn into Swamp Thing in, at the end of issue uh, issue episode one. Yeah. Episode one. That's yeah. how I feel. I hope like, so. I hope yeah, so. I feel like we might get some flashbacks, or we might get some, uh, you know, I'm in the woods, uh, you know, Alec Holland mm-hmm. actor kind of flashbacks or whatever. Like, you know, eat a tuber, then you'll see me, or yeah, so yeah. you know what. Season two is the oh, Parliament, yeah. Parliament of Trees. Yeah. Oh man, the, the Parliament, a, yeah. Trees. Parliament <laughs> of Trees. But Parliament of Trees season uh, is like that's farther away if they're actually adapting the Len Wein show. Sure, so, but sure. the second that that show launches, everyone's going to say, "Yeah, but when does Batman show up?" Because oh, the Batman I know, crossovers. I know. Are I have the original Batman. Yeah. Uh, Bernie Wrightson. Here, here's that's even great. the crazier thing: the if you read the New Fifty Two Swamp Thing run by Scott Snyder, um, it's very tied into Animal Man. Yeah. And like to me, <gasps> this could be the that series so that could great. spin off Animal Man. Or you're absolutely right. Him. Yeah. I mean, just like Doom Patrol was like mm-hmm. snuck in through Teen yeah. Titans, then spin off. If we see an episode called Buddy Baker, we know what it is. Ooh, there we go. I like that. that I really like that cool. way of thinking because <laughs> I would like to see that. Uh, snack, oh, snacks. Snack time. Snack time. No, I was going to say Snack Snyder. So Zack Snyder's DC films. Now we've heard from many different people, mm-hmm. including a, a, an amazing animation director, Jay Oliva, talking because mm-hmm. he would worked with Zack on mm-hmm. all these films, talking about how it would have been five movies. Now. We kind of know what the first four were going to be. The fifth one is unknown. What do you think that fifth film that Zack Snyder was going to make within his DC universe would have been? So obviously we have Man of Steel, 
We have Batman v Superman. Then we're going to have Justice League one and two, mm-hmm. and then a fifth film. That's the ones that Snyder was going to do. Obviously, Wonder Woman and some of these other spinoffs were yeah. all part of the plan too. But he was going to be part of this. Looks to be like a ten-year plan. And then you know you have those five core films, and mm-hmm. you have like maybe five or ten other spinoffs. That's fifteen movies. That's competitive with the MCU. That's that was the original goal. What do you think that final film is, Jason? I'm going crazy here because if you look at Zack Snyder's um, DC films, he likes to take stories from the comic books and sort of adapt them into their own way. Like Man of Steel is sort of his, uh, you know, Man of Steel. It's John Byrne's Man of Steel, like with just variations. If you look at Batman v Superman, it's like the death of Superman, the Dark Knight Returns, and... um, Batman Year One had a baby. Right, like it, it's weird, like that. And then, and then Justice League is sort of, um, it's a lot of Grant Morrison's like New World Order mixed with the Fourth World. Like it's kind of uh-huh. those two slammed in. So the idea, if you if you go Justice League Part One, and we know that Justice League Part Two was supposed to be Dark Side. Like right. we knew that from very early on. So you got to realize, like, okay, that is like the whole Fourth World stuff. I don't know if he would have brought the Fourth World into the fifth movie. I think Justice League Part Two would have ended that. Right. My prediction is that Justice League Part 1 and Part 2 created damage on Earth, created a lot of problems on Earth. I think Zack Snyder might have done... He probably would have called it Man of Steel 2, or I would say Man of Tomorrow would have been my guest. I think he would have adapted some version, badly, but some version of Kingdom Come. I think he would have figured out a way. We would have seen a younger Henry Cavill. He wouldn't have aged it that far, but I think he would have brought it back to Earth and sort of ended the universe with that movie. I definitely think it would have been a Man of Steel movie because um, if you do look at his work, he does like to self-reference and he does like to be cyclical, which many directors do, especially when they get their hands on a franchise. And I think if the original deal was for five movies, I think you enter and exit on the same movie. That's sort of a nice meta-narrative. And we didn't get Man of Steel 2. We got BBS when we should have had Man of Steel 2. I don't necessarily know what I think the plot of it would have been, but I think it would have been called, yeah, For Tomorrow, Man of Tomorrow, Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow, something kind of like Mm -hmm. that. And I think by that point, he would have ascended to be the Superman that everyone wanted him to be from the start. Mm. I like like that. Unfortunately, Jay and a couple other people said it wasn't going to be a Superman movie. So um, my guess was similar to yours. I was combining The Dark Knight Returns and Kingdom Come. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they would have probably, because of the way Snyder operated, and when they announced BVS, they actually used that quote from the Dark Knight Returns, yes, which yeah. wasn't in the movie, but it was like it was like, hey, it was a, it was a hint at where this universe is going. Or and we were teased point. with a female Robin for a really long time. Very, for a very long time, they never said yay or nay, and yeah. we, that let, our thoughts were like, oh my god, this and that. It was actually like, oh, it's this character talking about a bullet, which that well, whole subplot. And also, if you out. think about, it, there's something interesting with the idea of it that they fought the fourth world, which are these new gods, and the idea that your last movie sort of deals with the heroes that we know becoming gods. Yeah, their status or ascending the world. Yeah. or dealing right. with that, like, and that's kind of like sort of a through line through even Man of Steel the, that like how do we mortals right. deal with these godly characters yeah, also Watchmen yeah so yeah it's the idea of like in Greek like pantheon the heroes would go up into the stars it's sort of like what is that trajectory like yeah well they would have their outer space satellite the Justice League you know satellite I mean I feel like those things would there would be a time jump of at least 10 years oh, yeah. I, mean, mm-hmm. I would feel but 
You yeah, know, they jump it ahead quite a bit. I yeah. Think. Hopefully, Zack Snyder will let us all know on Vero, which is how we. Which find is out. the app that uh, he only yeah. talks on. The, the app that I joined and then have never gone back to. The look one that's at. run by Russian bots. I have no <laughs> idea who runs it, but uh, you know what I do know is you guys came out with a comic book this week on Creators Corner. Check out this cool graphic of Woo! Jupiter Jet. That's right. So we've got five issues yeah. published by Action Labs, created and written by Jason Inman. And Ashley Victoria Robinson. Jason, let's take a look at that tasty hard right cover. This is the, the tasty that. soft cover right here. So, sorry, it's the, all good. The, it's the trade Hopefully paperback. We get it, if it may, sells we, well. may we be so lucky as to get a hard cover yeah, one yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Look, it's all five issues, all in one, delicious, tasty soft cover that is available at. I was going to hold it up. You can order it on Amazon. You can get it at most of your local comic book stores. If they don't have it at your local comic book store, Get in there and tell them to order they you a copy. Order. You can order one. Yeah. You can actually order one it's and they'll bring it. It's in Diamond Previews. Yeah. Any comic book store in the nation, in the, in the world, can order it. Now, is it available on Amazon if I want it to is, get it? It is. Uh, so, uh, it's released in comic book shops today. Right on. Uh, uh, so it comes out in comic book shops. Amazon will ship it next week Amazon. because direct market is a week later. You can also mm-hmm. get it on Barnes & Noble, Comixology. If you're in the greater L.A. area, we have a signing tonight at Earth 2 Comics in Sherman Oaks and on Saturday at Collector's Paradise in Pasadena. Uh, so you can Yay. come and get it directly. From us, definitely. And and if you've already picked it up on at a lovely convention, thank you so much. You're awesome. Uh, Please go to Amazon or Goodreads and review it because that helps authors. uh, John knows this helps promote their books. But yeah, uh, yeah, we're really proud of it. It's uh, really cool. And uh, just even looking at the cover, um, I mean, we have quotes from like Tom King who writes Batman and my grandma. And and my favorite (laughs) quote is from Ashley's grandmother who says, "Jupiter Jet is so exciting, I can't take it all in." Yeah, I agree. Let's talk about this. How did you guys? How did you guys come up with the idea for Jupiter Jet? So Jason and I had been pitching a couple comic series. We'd done a few anthologies together and uh, we were at lunch one day and I said, I have an idea for a comic but it's only a name and it's Jupiter Jet. And he was like, that's great. And it's a girl with a jetpack and she's a brother and a cat and da 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 And then from that note on our phone, uh, we created an entire comic series that only got published two and a half years later. Yeah, well, that's great. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now, let's talk about that publishing. Now, you guys went through Kickstarter, mm-hmm. raised the money to actually get those five issues penciled and inked and colored and printed. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the, let's talk about that process. How did you guys decide to do Kickstarter? How was it? If you could do it again, what would you do different? Well, the biggest secret you, you learn when you're making comic books is that, like, comic book artists, as a writer, you can write out your scripts pretty quickly because you can just be like, Jupiter Jet sits there. Um, but an artist drawing that could take five hours. Uh, you have to pay a comic book artist or all these artists, the letterer, the colorist, all these people, full wages because they are spending their entire day on these pages. So for us, it was like we had to go to Kickstarter because uh, we're not independent oil barons that just have uh, comic book money That's sitting Earth in the bank. 37. <laughs> yeah, on Earth 37, we're independent oil barons, yes. but on Earth 1, Earth Prime, we're not. Um, so Kickstarter is just like, I love it because it's this ultimate democratization of, uh, I want to do this thing. Do you want to help me? And uh, from the beginning, it just seemed like that was the most obvious choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it facilitated our ability to do it. And you know this, John, but uh, making indie comics... No one's paying for it. That's only licensed comics. Um, May we all be so lucky. You've been so lucky to do that in the future. But it gave us the opportunity to make it instead of it just dying in that room with us. And I will say this. If you want to work in comics and you want fools like all three of us sitting at the table to hire you, have samples. We hired everybody through online recommendations and relationships because they already had comic pages, coloring samples, lettering samples. Our our, our artist, uh, Ben Matsuyu, drew this lovely image in here. He drew fan art of me. And I immediately emailed him and was like, do you have comic pages? And he did. I think I hired him the very next day yeah. to draw this book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, that's the thing. Like, if you want to work in comic books or you even want to work with, like, 
people like us, like, yeah, have your work out there online so people can see it. I would say I definitely agree with everything mm-hmm. you said. I mean, there's some fan art that's been done for Collider Heroes who have been talking with some of those artists about doing some stuff yeah. because you see their work and you're mm-hmm. like, wow, that's really good. I want to work with that person. So fan art becomes professional art at some point. Yeah. And those points are always, we never know, writers, directors, creators, comic book artists, all these kinds of things. Everybody has to start somewhere. And I'm glad that you guys did this. And I think it's it's great because you saw through it's very difficult you run a kickstarter you go all the way through i've got a comic coming out i'm like sort of was like i was looking yeah. at their kickstarter i was <laughs> yeah. like what did you guys do I you know, did you, this right you caught and we copied greg pock like yeah. you copy everyone who does it well yeah you take you take some of the, hey that's a good yeah. inspiration mm-hmm. so look at it as inspiration if any one of us can inspire you to make your own comic book do it do it right and get it out there that's what yeah. these guys did they went through a, a company called action labs they've got their comic it's available it's through amazon mm-hmm. very proud of both of you i think it's Thank a fantastic you. thing i'm actually going to go buy that comic if they don't have it at the comic book store that i normally go to today that trade paperback i'm buying it from them right here they're going to sign it for yeah me. that's john schnepp's copy yeah, don't right be touching there. that comic sweaties you know that's <laughs> not mine. get your own on Amazon. Uh, before I wrap up this, uh, the Creators Corner, um, like with the Kickstarter, what would you do over differently? If, if there's one thing that stuck out for both of you, what would that one thing Ooh. be that you would like, ah, this one thing, I should have I changed it. Or I, would I will something. say we were very fortunate. Our Kickstarter funded very quickly. Uh, we had a lot of really amazing support. Um, I would print our prints smaller so they could fit inside the cover of the book. Um, and I would have launched it a year later because shipping prices went up. The, the mechanics of doing right. the Kickstarter, and it wasn't our first Kickstarter, I didn't think were horrific. Jason did much more of the work than I did. Um, but I think a lot of it a lot of it comes off the back end. Like you, get, you do the thing, you get excited, you make all these cool things, you get the money, and then the practicality of doing it, that's the toughest part, but I don't mm-hmm. know a way to undo packing sure. 600 there's, plus there's no packages. To, you know oh, what I mean? Me. That's you in know. my future. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our, yeah, just, yeah. Our, our living room is full of, of cardboard boxes and bubble wrap right now as we are sending out all of. Uh, so if you're a Kickstarter backer of this, you're going to get your copy uh, within the next week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank well, you. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I would change anything. I, I, I'm just glad we did it. I would say. I, I really wouldn't change anything. I would maybe use a fulfillment house, although those are those also add expenses to the right. thing. Um, because that's my least favorite part of it is actually like taping up all the boxes. Yeah. But it's the necessary part of the thing. It's like, do I want the book to happen? Then I can tape six hundred boxes. And um, I would just say, like, if you have an idea out there and you think it's good and you think it's great, go to Kickstarter. It's a great way to make it happen. Yeah. What's next for you guys? You just did Phoenix Comic Fest. Is there another convention that you've got planned for the, in the next couple months? Or uh, We're going to be at San Diego Comic-Con. Awesome. Uh, you're going to be at San Diego yeah. Comic-Con. Everyone here at Collider is going to be at San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, we'll be signing at the Action Lab booth, so if you have Jupiter Jet or you want to pick it up, you can get it from us there. Uh, we are doing another Kickstarter come fall with Bedside Eisner nominated Bedside Press, which is very, nice. very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully if you like Jupiter Jet, you will like Yep, that, that. one that will be a 90-page graphic novel, and uh, that's about all we can say about awesome. it. Awesome. Well, you know, <laughs> keep it tight to the vest until you're ready to reveal yeah, it, right. and then reveal it here on mm-hmm. Heroes. We'll, we'll do a special launch Hell for you yeah. guys. Oh, sweet. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, very happy for both of you. I think it's fantastic. Thank you, know. you John. Um, yeah. Go on, you know, guys. Go yeah. on. See, we didn't get the, any of this applause on Earth 37. No. Right. Right. Earth 37, that's because we had our floating mansions. Where we're, we're literally burning the comics. I remember we were like, well, should we burn these as well? Burn them all. Can someone them. please yeah. 
Speed Fan Art. Someone please draw Earth 37 with yeah. all the crew. The I want to see that. Earth 37 version of us. Remember, millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. we're oil bears. We're no, oil bears. No offense spared. And it, literally everyone's a superhero. On yeah, we all wear the X-Men jackets. I smell a comic coming out soon from all of us called Earth 37. Via Kickstarter. I know. Look, DC has their own Earth 37. Ours is totally different. That's right. Guess what? You could listen to us talk about Earth 37 for a long time if you tune into the Collider Heroes podcast. You don't get to see our lovely faces, but you might be driving, so that would be a bad thing, and you could get in an accident. So subscribe, Podcast One, Apple, iTunes, you know the drill. Get on this, and you'll get alerted every time there's a brand new Heroes. Let's get into some Twitter questions. Justin Hoskin asks, speaking about the DC streaming service, what do you think about a Fables series? There's a lot to pull from there. Now, Fables is is really, if you haven't ever read it, I've read so two good. of the graphic oh, novels, so good. and I love them, and I'm like, I didn't realize how many there are. There's mm-hmm. a lot, but uh, it's very fun. What do you think about Fables? I own all the deluxe hardcovers Ooh. of Fables. It's one of my favorite series of all time. Um, they, were, they were very close to making a Fable series right before Once Upon a Time came along and basically stole the idea. Um, but <laughs> I think it would be a great idea. It, 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 Fables actually is one of those shows where I cannot believe it hasn't been made yet. Kind of like Why the Last Man. It'd be a like, great like, animated series it's, as well. Or a great animated mm-hmm. series. It'd be a perfect AMC show, a perfect HBO show, a perfect FX show. Um, yeah, what a great idea for the DC Universe Online uh, streaming service. Uh, I will also say, if you've never read Fables and have never thought about it, uh, I read it because Jason told me I would like it because there's floating uh, werewolf babies, and I think that you would enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, I really, I think we might have to, is Once Upon a Time over yet? Does anyone watch that show? I think it's show? ending this season. Or yeah, care about it? I can't it? remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it should be over. Or I, yeah, I'm not a Once Upon a Time fan. I'm really sorry for anyone watching this. I think we might have to wait maybe five or ten years until it ends, but I would love to see Fables. And Fables goes a lot darker than the Once Upon a Time pilot that I saw ten years ago and i think that that is what could really make it stand above all right well i would like to see fables too i think it's like yeah like you said there's mm-hmm. a lot of material to adapt and it's really fun it's got a fresh edge and although like when i was reading i was like wow i can't believe it's going there it went yeah, yeah. it goes there so uh let's get it we got to rocket through these anything geeky asks i want a riddler that instead of being a zany zany jim carrey type more like jigsaw i want to play a game and bruce could be a detective again like he's talking about jigsaw like the mm-hmm. jigsaw movie like yeah. torture porn stuff i feel like it would fit in the already established dcfu thoughts well uh anything geeky i don't want to see that version Version of uh, of the Riddler. I don't want to see a Jim Carrey like crazy <laughs> version. We already saw that yeah. with Batman Forever. Um, I don't want to see some kind of creepy, extra violent Riddler. I want to see the Riddler, the one from the comic books. We've yet to see him on we screen. Have, yeah, yeah, I mean, Gotham did an okay job at like taking a version of the Riddler mm-hmm. and playing him up, just like they got the weird Penguin. It's a weird series. Mm-hmm. There's hit or miss episodes, but we have not seen the Riddler done right yet. I would like to see that. He is an awesome villain if done right. I mean, what are your thoughts? I, I agree. I, I don't want a jigsaw version. Um, I'm sure there are lots of people who do. I would like to see the version that we see in Brian Azzarello's Joker series, where his body is physically broken, mm. but he's very very smart and i think that would be an interesting twist on it because we're apparently never going to get normal comic book versions of these characters so i think that would be a creative way to adapt I would it never say never what do you think <laughs> i agree i, I don't want to see the jigsaw version although that's a great idea for a different batman villain that we've never heard of um all of batman's villains represents part of his psyche uh the riddler is his intelligence and yeah we've yet to see that riddler that's the riddler i want to see the riddler that can outsmart batman yeah. definitely and remember he is the world's greatest detective mm-hmm. i want to see that back and forth exactly. I, that should be happening hopefully matt reeves is making that happen right now jody money asks hey 
Collider Heroes. Now that Krypton, spoilers, General Zod controls Earth in the Krypton sci-fi series, do you think that Adam Strange will go to Thanagar or Oa in Season 2 to help build the Resistance? Now, if you haven't been watching Krypton, so good. it's so, so incredibly good. good. I got a chance to be part of the After Show series on that, so definitely check out Episode 10, Decrypting Krypton, as I love to call it Krypton, as Marlon Brando would call it. But uh, check it out. Um, I love the series. So... I got a chance to see it, you know, without a lot of the special yeah. effects done, which is always hard to see. But then when you finally see it, you're like, wow, I thought they did such a fantastic job. And this is one of those series that I was like, I'm not going to watch that. Yeah. I thought it would be like Smallville or something like stretched out. This is actually like Battlestar Galactica and Dune had a baby with, with you know, Jor-El. It's, that's what we mm-hmm. got with Krypton. So I've really enjoyed it. I think Adam Strange is going to go to Thanagar. What do you think? Um I think the possibilities for both of them. I think, yeah, he could go to both. I think they could easily do the Green Lantern Corps. Or, you know, you could just do the Green Lantern Guardians. Like, you could show the Guardians, the little blue little guys, because I don't know if they want to save the Green Lantern rings for the movies. But uh, I'm going to say right here, man, if you're not watching Krypton, you're crazy. I think Krypton, I was trying to rack my brain, might be the breast, the bet, the breast. See, I'm an Earth 37. That's what I was saying, Earth 37. It's a sexy show. Uh, It is a sexy (laughs) show. It's probably the best prequel anything. I, I can't think of a better prequel that's better than Krypton. It literally, every episode got better. It's yeah. one of those, like, I can't believe this this series is going, is yeah. like just ramping up. And man, did it end with a strong ending. Yep. What do you think? Adam Strange already looks like Jeff Johns, so why not throw the Green Lanterns in there? That would be very funny, just from, like, <laughs> a meta-narrative right. perspective. Um, literally. I also think Walter from Arrow is a dope Zod, so, like, any more of him that we can get, I'm completely on board for. Totally. Love the new Zod. Uh, <laughs> Luis Manuel Torres asks, do you guys think it's possible at the end of Avengers 4... Infinity Gauntlet. They formed the Infinity Watch, and that's how they write certain characters (laughs) out of the Avengers. Um, We were talking about Infinity Watch would be that third movie or something. Anything is possible. We do know that they've pulled from all of the best comic Mm -hmm. book runs, some of the best stories, and they've done that amazing combino. Marcus and McFeely are just amazing at taking story runs from the comic books and taking the best parts of those and enhancing them. What do you guys think? We know that, and we've heard this from a number of different Avengers movies, that people's contracts are coming up. We don't know if they've been renegotiated. Um, I do think that this is maybe the best chance we have that some people might be going away. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I need to see Infinity Watch to facilitate that, but I'm most excited to see a new Avengers team come out of those movies. Definitely. How about you? I think Infinity Watch will be the loose group that they have in the team. Uh, No, I don't think characters will leave to go Infinity Watch. I think characters will die. Because uh, there's a very great podcast out there. It's called Script Notes. They had Marcus and Mephili on the podcast, and they talked about that they said the one thing that makes their Marvel Universe more unique is that they go for endings. They like to do endings. They're like, we can't keep showing you the same characters. When they said that, I was like, oh, yeah characters are gonna die and why is that so cool because we have these yep. 19 films that you Doesn't can watch mm-hmm. from beginning yep. to now and then we know that there's 19 more coming that will have a yep. history and, and also, there's plenty more characters out spoilers, there spoilers yeah. people die right. that yeah, is yeah. a thing that happens in yeah. this world i just think some of those characters will be so <laughs> Thank you for flashing like if, if captain america <laughs> just walks off it's going to be disappointing to me like to me like there's certain characters and even iron Chris man Evan just like peace out yeah he's just like i'm gonna get on the <laughs> motorcycle you got it buck yeah <laughs> well we we know the the lines that were repeated in Infinity War will come to have some kind of meaning. Yeah. You know, and Cap says a couple of them. Yeah. Uh, Five Meteor says, do you think Captain Marvel could use the myth of Area 51, Marvel being the alien, like Bla- Black Panther used the myth of El Dorado for Wakanda? 
I, I don't see why not. Sure. I mean, that's something that's baked into our, our whole culture right now is Area 51 is where the aliens Is it are. a myth, though? That's right. Are there really I aliens? I think that'd be really cool. Area 51 being like a S.H.I.E.L.D. black ops site? Done. In. Great I, idea. Jude Law yeah. just wakes up. Are there. you writing the movie? <laughs> Meteor Boy, do you know something that we don't? Because we would like to see your question come true. Sweaty question of the week comes from Ibis Ukador, and it, uh, he asks, do you think the release of Shazam before Flash suggests that his role in Flashpoint is more bigger <laughs> than expected. We know that he's like pretty much thunders and the uh, electricity like a Thor toddler. I mean, a Shazam Flash buddy arc is plausible. Well, Ibis, I don't think that's going to happen because... I think it means re- that the movie's done yeah, and Flash Flashpoint, hasn't started. <laughs> Flashpoint is not happening now. It's just the Flash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've kind of refitted that according mm-hmm. to because of the Justice League film. They are continuing with these one-offs. So you have Aquaman, you obviously mm-hmm. have Wonder Woman 2. You're going to get the Flash... Um, I don't know if we're going to get a cyborg film. I don't know if we're going to get how many more films we're going to get out of this run of these yeah. current characters. And I don't really know how they're going to fit Shazam in. I We've heard that Superman is going to be making a cameo, which makes perfect sense yeah. in the Shazam film. What do you guys think about Shazam and Flash? I just think it means that one movie is wrapped and the other movie's not. Um, I think Shazam is going to be the most separate Maybe in the same cell as Wonder Woman, and I think that that's where the DC universe excels, is telling individual stories that aren't driving towards a fuller team-up or a more conjoined universe. I think it's something that they have that can set them apart from Marvel and that they should be pursuing that. Um, I also love the theory that in Justice League, the, like, we're doing a podcast opening thing with Superman, that that kid is Billy Batson. Right. Um, and we've talked about it on the show before, and that we might see the other side of that conversation. Yeah, the would, non-mustache side. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I would really love it if we got even just some small tie-in like that. What do you think? I have a weird prediction that I think the only part we see Superman in Shazam is Clark Kent reporting on the situation i think it'll be henry cavill with glasses on like reporting i think that's going to be it uh because i think i agree with you Mm -hmm. i think it's going to be so far removed from everything else purposely um it i no i don't think any of this flashpoint stuff's going to happen it's just the flash i don't know why flashpoint has been this movie that everybody's like this is going to be the movie where ambush bug and 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 the legion show up because it's called flashpoint (laughs) and flashpoint is the one that reset time it's just a title yeah it's become this like catch-all movie where everybody thinks that all things are possible well, that, it's officially you know, not. Now they officially yeah, changed. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, the Flash. Yeah. And I'll be surprised if the Flash movie even happens now. Right. Like, it's, it's kind of like become the same as the Spawn movie. They keep pushing it back. They keep changing directors. They keep changing things. The only thing we know right now is that they are definitely writing a script because well, they, and, and 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 they have Miller's, directors. I think filming pickups for Fantastic Beasts right now. He's still working on Fantastic so. Beasts. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, no, sorry. Well, The Flash coming at you in 2022. I'll, I'll eventually see it. Yep. But you know what? You could watch the CW Flash. We've already got a Flash going. There you yeah, go. So, all 23 it's a lot episodes of That's here. right. There's a lot of CW action. Hey, Jason, Ashley, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. This is Collider us. Heroes 249. I will see you all next week. There's an underdog story happening today in America. Small businesses are fighting to make a comeback. But in the moment they have the least, they're giving the most. They're rallying communities and neighborhoods, yet asking for little in return. Well, it's time we gave back. Small Unites is making it simple for everyone to take action and support the small businesses that unite us all. Find out how you can donate, shop, and share today at smallunites.org. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy 
the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.